Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. I have never considered myself to be a threatening individual. But then I realized that depending upon how I dress, depending upon the setting in which I find myself, I might come across somewhat threatening. For example, if you look at this picture on the screen, um, does this individual look threatening to you? Probably not. But what about this person? Do they look threatening to you? One of the, and I'm not talking about Popeye, uh, one of the things that I noticed is that when I ride my motorcycle with my wife, uh, first of all, my wife, when she rides the Harley, uh, she can look really threatening. Uh, but then, so for me, what I realized is that because I don't have hair, because I have tattoos, and because I ride a Harley Davidson, when my wife and I appear somewhere on the motorcycle, people, and I, this is no lie, I've watched people kind of go like this. And apparently, the way that we're dressed and being on a Harley and the reputation of what it means to own a Harley precedes me, and people can find me threatening. And what I've discovered is that when we come across as threatened, I mean, threatening, and other people are threatened by us, they tend to be less tolerant of us. So the more threatening you appear, the more, or the, I'm sorry, the less tolerant other people may be of you. Now flip that, and it's true the other way, that if you are threatened by another person, more than likely, you will not be as tolerant of that person. Perhaps the best way to explain this to you is using the following image. When you think about a target, if you look carefully at the very center, to me, that is the intimate relationships that we have with other people. This is the intimate relationship you might have with your partner. This is an intimate relationship you might have with your children. It's what is often called the inner circle. Those that we feel the closest to. Those that we can be ourselves. Be fully authentic, or at least authentic as possible. That's the inner circle. Now, if you move out a little bit, you come to that larger circle, and in this larger circle, I call it those that we are closer to. So if you have intimate, then you have those that you are closer to. Those that you are closer to tend to be your extended family. These would be your cousins, your aunts, your uncles, people that know you, but not as well as the people in your inner circle, but you know them and they know you. You can also include in here friends, individuals that you are friends with, that you've spent quality time with, and again, these individuals tend to know who you are. So in that inner circle and those that you are familiar with, that inner circle and those that you're close to, 
these individuals aren't going to see you as threatening. Even when you dress up weird, they still aren't going to see you as being threatening. So therefore, they have a tendency to be more tolerant of you. And again, flip it upside down, and the opposite is true. Those that are in your inner circle, you tend to be more tolerant of. You tend to be more forgiving of. When something happens, you might have a tendency to kind of gloss it over. We are more tolerant of those individuals that we are the closest to. So if you have your inner circle, then you have a expand out those that you're close to, but not intimate with. The next group I call the familiar and known. These are individuals that you're familiar with and you know them, but you're not overly close to them. So for example, church members, people that you go to church with, you see them, you recognize them, you might even have a, a surface-level conversation with them while you're having coffee. These may be the individuals that you know when you visit your grocery store, same person at the checkout stand over and over. You're familiar with them, you know them, but you're not as close to them. The next group I call the familiar but the unknown. And the familiar and the unknown are individuals that we don't know, but we have something in common with them. For example, if I see an individual with no hair on their head, one of the things I love to do is go up to them and say, nice haircut. We have something in common with each other. He understands where I'm coming from. They understand who I am. We have that in common, but I don't have a clue who they are, but we have something in common. We do the same thing when it comes to skin color. People with the same skin tone or color that we have, we tend to see as being more familiar than people that have a different color of skin than we do. We see it with occupation, we see it with socioeconomic status, there are so many ways that we are familiar with individuals, but yet we don't know them personally. And the reason we feel comfortable around them is because we understand them. They're like us. They're similar to us. But notice what happened as we move from that inner circle. Our tolerance of other people begins to grow less and less. Because the intimate knowledge we have in that inner circle, it's not as strong as it goes outward. And the very outer ring of the target is what I would call the stranger. These are people that you just have nothing in common with. These are the individuals who act a certain way, dress a certain way, speak a certain way, and in your mind you're going, huh? You, you know what I'm talking about? We see them on social media. We see them on the news. Individuals, they pop up on our feeds, and we look at that and go, why would you ever say that? Why would you ever dress like that? Those that are on that outer circle, we have a tendency to be more critical of. Those individuals in that outer circle, the stranger, 
are individuals that we are far less tolerant of. When something my partner does irritates me, I know that they're not going anywhere. So we've got to live with that, make amends with that. But the stranger? Oh, no, no. I mean, I'm not, there's a good chance I'll never see him again. So it's easy for me to be less tolerant of them, less accepting of them, because I see them as a threat. Those that we see as different than us, it's so easy to see them as a threat, and that which we see as a threat, we are not tolerant of. And that's why the text was just read for us from Acts chapter 5 makes so much sense. You have two groups of people, in many ways familiar, but not really. They're bordering on that line between familiar and stranger. In the one corner, you have the apostles. In the other corner, you have the Jewish high council. And when the bell rings, these two groups are going to come and they're going to go after it. On the one side, you have the apostles. According to Acts, they are going about healing people. They are going out preaching. They are going out. And the number of people that are following them continue to grow in numbers. On the other side, you have the Jewish high council. And they see what the apostles are doing and going, hey, wait a minute, folks. Who's the religious leaders here? It's not these, these individuals. No, don't listen to them. We are the authorities when it comes to religion. We are the ones you need to listen to. But the reality was those religious leaders begin to feel intimidated and threatened by the apostles. That's why the story tells us that they had them beaten, they had them thrown into jail, and were basically said, told, shut up. No more talking about this Jesus. Just back off. So no wonder these two groups come to the head and a fight ensues. The apostles are stubborn. They're not going to quit. They're not going to be quiet. And on the other side, the Jewish high council is tired, tired of the apostles. And the text tells us that they decided, you know what? We ought to probably get rid of them. Kind of what they did to Jesus, right? They didn't like who Jesus was. They didn't like what he stood for. They saw him as a threat. They could not tolerate him anymore, and they had him killed by the Romans. Now it's their apostles. Now it's their turn. And that's when Gamaliel comes into play. If you Google the Gamaliel principle, you will find this story and it will be highlighted because that principle that Gamaliel teaches 
it's really, for me, boiled down to one word. Tolerant. Can we be tolerant by those that we are threatened by? Can we be tolerant of those individuals who make us uncomfortable? Can we be tolerant of individuals whom we do not understand? Gamaliel says to them, look, if what they're doing is just strictly a human endeavor, it'll fail. But if what they're doing is blessed by God, you don't want to end up fighting God. To me, when I hear those words, we could argue about how much God intervenes, how much God is in play when it comes to success or lack of success. We can talk about that at another time. But what I want to focus on today is that one thing that Gamaliel is emphasizing, tolerance. How do we learn to be tolerant of those people that we feel threatened by and that we don't understand? Robert Green Ingersoll. He had a nickname. His nickname was the Great Agnostic. Robert Green Ingersoll was a lawyer, he was a writer, and he was a public speaker. And he said the following about tolerance. Tolerance is giving to every other human being every right that you claim for yourself. You see, you can be tolerant of people, but it doesn't mean that you have to be their best friend or even their friend. You can be tolerant of other people and not associate with other people. But what tolerance does is it says, I want and enjoy certain freedoms and certain rights. And I recognize you and believe that you should have those same freedom, those same rights, those same opportunities that I do. So how do we become more tolerant? In a world that loves to see us be divided. And you know in the next year and a half, we're going to see that division become wider and wider. And it will be very tempting to look at social media, to look at the news, and go, what in the world is wrong with those people? But instead of being judgmental of them, instead of dismissing them, how do we become more tolerant? Number one, foster curiosity. One of the things I learned from my dad was how to ask questions. It's amazing how much we learn from our parents, how many traits we unconsciously inherit from them. I remember as a kid, we'd go on vacations and we'd stop at rest areas. We would do whatever business we needed to take care of and then we would wait. 
and wait and wait. Why? Because my dad was busy talking to strangers. Occasionally, I would find myself standing next to my dad. What I found intriguing was the questions that my dad would ask them, how much I begin to learn from other people. And I begin to realize that every human being I meet is someone I can learn something from. Someone that I can grow, that I can grow from because I spent time with them. But it's all rooted in a sense of being curious. Remember that feed I told you about on social media, and you're looking at it going, why would anyone do this? Rather than asking that question in a judgmental way, flip it and say, why? Why? Be curious. Why would someone dress like that? Why would someone act like that? Why would someone behave in this manner? Why would people dress like that? But if we can ask that question out of true sincerity, out of true curiosity, we will be blessed with a really cool gift. We will be blessed with understanding. And when I can understand another person even just a little bit, the odds of me being tolerant of them go up. Because now I have a little insight into their life. Now I have a little understanding into who they are. They have moved from that outer ring of a stranger into perhaps a closer ring of being familiar. And that's all it takes to move someone from a stranger to someone that I'm familiar with. Sometimes I find I can do this without even actually meeting the person. Today we have podcasts where we can listen to other people's experiences. We still have books. We have blogs. We have YouTube. All of that is a wonderful opportunity to expose ourselves and to use our curiosity to get to know another person. So one of the first ways that we can enhance our ability to be tolerant of others is number one, foster curiosity. Number two, be respectful. I don't have to agree with you. I don't have to believe what you believe. I don't even have to approve of your actions. And at the same time, I can respect you. One writer described the respect that we should give each other when we are tolerant of each other the following. 
When you don't agree with another person's opinion, focus on respecting their right to think for themselves and to believe what they choose. Wow. Hear it again. When you don't agree with another person's opinion, focus on respecting their right to think for themselves and to believe what they choose, just as we would never want that right taken away from us, we have a responsibility to extend that same courtesy to other people and treat others with respect, even when we disagree with them. There are people in my life that I have known. They are not actively a part of my life anymore. Either they have become upset with me, frustrated by me, or the opposite. I have felt frustrated and hurt by other people and realize that for my own well-being, I don't need them close to me anymore in my life. But I can still tolerate them. I don't need to wish them ill will. I don't need to wish harm upon them. And maybe that's what Gamaliel learned. And maybe that's one of the truths from this story that we can learn today. That we can learn to be tolerant of each other. Because ultimately, we're all in this together. On your way home, I invite you to try something. As you're riding in your vehicle and you come to a stoplight, just quickly glance over, don't stare. Quickly glance over to the person next to you in that vehicle. Is that someone you could be tolerant of? If we could learn this, folks, then maybe, just maybe, we will be able to bring about what Jesus so fervently emphasized, what it would mean to live in harmony with our God and with one another. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at BeatitudesChurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.